Not long after 1140 AD, the Italian scholar Gerard of Cremona traveled to the Spanish peninsula, hoping to find a rare copy of the thousand-year-old Greek astronomy text known as the Almagest. His chances were better there than anywhere else in Europe. The southern half of the peninsula had been in Arab hands for centuries, and the ruling dynasties of Muslim Spain had brought with them thousands of classical texts, translated into Arabic but long lost to the vernacular languages of the West. The libraries of the city of Toledo, in the center of the peninsula, housed scores of these valuable volumes, and Toledo had now been recaptured by one of the Christian kingdoms of the north, meaning that Western scholars could visit it in relative safety. Gerard found more than he bargained for, not just astronomy texts, but classical and Arabic studies of dialectic, geometry, philosophy, and medicine, unknown monographs by Euclid, Galen, Ptolemy, and Aristotle, a whole treasury of knowledge. Overwhelmed, he settled into Toledo and set to work learning Arabic. Regretting the poverty of the Latins in these things, one of his students wrote, he learned the Arabic language in order to be able to translate. To the end of his life, he continued to transmit to the Latin world, as if to his own beloved heir, whatever books he thought finest, in many subjects, as accurately and as plainly as he could. Renaissance had begun. This is not a history of the Renaissance. Rather, it is a history of the world, during the period that historians have often, although not universally, associated with a rebirth of interest in classical learning. As Gerard's story shows, this rebirth began much earlier than the fourteenth century. One of the first Italians to give a name to the reawakened interest in Greek and Roman learning was the poet Petrarch, who announced, early in the 1340s, that poets and scholars were ready to lead the cities of Italy back to the glory days of Rome. Classical learning had declined, Petrarch insisted, into darkness and obscurity. Now was the time for that learning to be rediscovered, a rebirth, a renaissance. Petrarch was lobbying in a polite and academic but very pointed way for the distinction of official Roman poet laureate, in that day something perhaps equivalent to the Man Booker Prize or the National Book Award, a public recognition that he was an intellectual whose words should be heeded. As part of his campaign, he was placing himself at the head of an already existing phenomenon. Since before Gerard of Cremona, Western scholars, many of them Italian, had been working through Arabic libraries, reacquainting themselves with Greek and Roman thinkers. So much of this intellectual groundwork had been laid already that many modern historians now speak of a twelfth-century Renaissance. By 1340, in other words, Renaissance was so far advanced that it had become visible. Historical eras are never recognizable when they begin, they can only be seen in hindsight. The Renaissance, as the following chapters will show, was rooted in the twelfth century. The twelfth century saw the real beginnings of the struggle between church hierarchy and Aristotelian logic, a struggle which, reincarnated as a fight between scripture and science, creation and evolution, is still ongoing in the United States in 2013. The twelfth century saw the death of the Crusades, the rise of the Plantagenets, the dominance of the Japanese shoguns, and the journey of Islam into Central Africa. It was a century of renaissances, and that is where my story begins. The last chapter of this history tells the story of the Ottoman attack on Constantinople in May of 1453, when the triumph of the Turks brought a final end to the Roman dream.
The cultural phenomenon known as the Italian Renaissance continued well after 1453. I do not go on in this book to chronicle some of its better-known phenomenon, the political philosophies of Machiavelli, the paintings of Michelangelo and Raphael, the inventions of da Vinci, the observations of Galileo. But in worldwide terms, by the time Constantinople fell, the Renaissance had begun to shade into new eras.